0: Hello and welcome to the King's Spotlight on Sustainability podcast. In this podcast, we're shining a light on all things sustainability. We want to get you thinking about some of the challenges we face surrounding climate change and the natural world, whilst highlighting some of the innovative solutions happening at King's and beyond. Hello, I'm your host, Emily Reid, a PhD student here at King's. For this series, we're very lucky to be joined by our student co-host, Sigrid.
1: Hello, my name is Sigrid Livesetter, and I'm a student at King's College studying international relations in my third year. Throughout my time at Kings, I've been involved with the sustainability team and the Climate Action Network. For this series for Spotlight on Sustainability, we'll be discovering how to tackle climate change with big and small actions.
0: In this episode, we're talking about COP26. We're very excited to be joined by James Baggerly, Communications and External Affairs Manager within Global Affairs and presenter of the King's World We Got This podcast.
1: We'll learn about what COP26 is, what it hopes to achieve and why this is important. We will be focusing on the key role of universities and university-led research in supporting COP26. We'll then
0: discover more about how King's specifically is engaging with COP26, through research and expertise, local community action and communicating with the public.
1: Finally, we discover how you can take action to learn more about and to get involved with COP26.
0: In this first segment, James takes us through what COP26 actually is and how researchers can communicate to influence climate policy.
2: COP26 is the UN climate conference that will be happening uh, in Glasgow. The UK is co-hosting this this climate conference with Italy, um, but we're actually hosting it here in the UK in Glasgow. It's been delayed a year because of COP uh, because of COVID, um, and as we know, lots of things have been delayed. But it's going to be a really momentous occasion. Um, as many people will know, um, these conferences become synonymous with climate policy. You know, we know about Rio. That's often something that's talked about as kind of one of the first major conferences really shaped. The climate debate uh, for a long time, and also we obviously know about Paris um, and kind of the famous uh, incidents where kind of Barack Obama kind of intervening to kind of make changes uh, to communiques and things like that. So they're sort of dramatic occasions, but they're really important um, because they're going to this conference will shape um, the kind of the agenda in terms of what we do on climate change and and critically carbon reduction. not just for coming years, but for decades, because we know that the urgent action we need in the next decade um, is going to have direct impacts um, for decades and, and you know longer to come. Uh, certainly the UK government are incredibly engaged in trying to make it a success. We know that UK policymakers have been quite progressive in terms of climate policy. Now we can discuss <laughs> debate and uh, many have how well they've kind of met the commitments. Um, that they've that they've set um but I think what's critical is to understand how we actually get cooperation between those major powers and um as we know US, China um, and India as well as developing nations about kind of thinking about how we reduce carbon um, and meet targets that we know need to be met. The importance of kind
0: of getting across the data or getting across the urgency in why we need to act and part of that comes from the science and part of the science comes from universities so firstly what role do you how do universities kind of push that agenda how do scientists reach out to to government ministers in the context of COP26
2: yeah so it's a really it's a really important question and so there are a couple of ways that that, that's happening um you know kings works with collaborators across the uk we work with collaborators across the world um and we are we have worked with our colleagues here in the uk to be part of the uk universities network for cop26 which kind of has several functions one of them is to provide expert analysis and understanding um of climate change and climate policy We would be able to speak for hours about the many different dimensions to COP, but it definitely isn't just about, um, you know, carbon reduction. It's also about biodiversity. It's also about understanding that there are countries, whatever we do, that are going to be impacted in the short to medium term by climate change. So even if we meet the goals that we've set, we are going to see impacts from climate change. We are seeing impacts from climate change. So how do we actually support those nations? And so. That's such a as we spoke about earlier. It's such a multi faceted problem that we definitely do need to collaborate as universities, and that and that's what we've done in the UK universities network. And that's providing expertise ahead of the conference. It's providing expertise during the conference, and it's also providing expertise in kind of on an ongoing basis to collaborate, to understand, to develop research, uh, both in relation to. Uh, the impacts of climate change, but also understanding kind of how we get out of this this challenge, how we solve the challenge and and the many dimensions. Um, so it's a little bit like a kind of giant uh, network. Um, it's kind of a big WhatsApp group <laughs> and I, I say that because there's a lot of emails. <laughs> um, Like any really big WhatsApp group, there are people that email more than others um, (laughs) and share things, which is great and really fantastic. And there are lots of little groups working away um, on various different elements, really specific stuff. And to anyone that, you know, that hasn't worked directly with academics, I know there will be a lot of people listening to this that have been taught by academics. But, you know, academics what's fantastic about them is they have a passion for such, they have such a passion for the thing that they do. And when you bring them together, as we have done uh, ahead of COP26, you know, incredible things have been produced and, you know, that will have a real impact, we hope um, as part of the conference. Um, And I should say, finally, you know, one of the key things is actually supporting those nations that perhaps, you know, don't have those huge networks. Um, And, you know, there's going to be a lot of delegations coming to the uh, to the UK, and making sure that all countries and all policymakers, wherever they may be in the world, have access to that information, and are able to present it themselves. I think is is really fair, and and it's about equity, um, uh, and and actually better outcomes come from that. You know, we know that if everyone has, you know, access to that information, we know that we we can create better policy.
1: In the next segment, we talk about how King specifically is engaging with COP26, not just through research and expertise, but also working to disseminate policy at the local community level. We see that it's really important uh, that universities from all around the world come together um, in a collaborative way to, to tackle these issues. I was wondering, so what is the role of, of King's in in this whole um Run up to COP twenty six and the COP twenty six itself, um, in terms of collaborating with with other universities and research centers, and also communicating to the public to policymakers.
2: So, yeah. So I think there's key. There's there's this sort of like three key elements. So so one is research and expertise, and some of that predates wait you know predates not just this year but you know has been going for years and years and um, will continue long after cop um, and also part of that research and expertise is is lending that um that research and expertise to the conference the second um to sort of touch on what you said i think and um, we recently had um a climate expo which was a big conference where colleagues from across that network came together as well as colleagues from around the world um, it was done in collaboration with UKRI, the UK Research um, uh, Institute, um, uh, as well as Italian uh, research partners. And that conference kind of set out what we sought to achieve as universities. And one of the interesting things that came out of that was was actually looking at universities play a really integral role in local ecosystems. Um sorry, ecosystems in the kind of the human sense, but also in this case, in the community, in sense, the community yeah. sense, but also in this <laughs> case, in in ecosystems. Um, and it's really important that actually, if we're to achieve the things that we're going to hope to achieve at COP26, that these policies are disseminated down to a local level. And so I guess in the case of, well, I know in the case of, of Kings, that's about working with, you know, local, uh, the mayor of London, working with Um, those in the London councils to actually say, okay, here's this massive kind of agenda that's been set out at COP26, but what does that mean for London? Uh, What does it mean for the southeast of England? You know, um, how can we work with other universities to help these policymakers who perhaps, you know, they don't have huge civil services to kind of implement these policies, you know, and I think that's something that was really interesting that came out of Climate Expo, which was We know that universities play a critical role in the economy locally and regionally. um, And that's also the case in terms of policymaking. So I think that's going to be really key. And then finally, and the third thing I would say is that is what you've touched on, which is communicating and communicating to the public. Um, I think we know that, thankfully, universities Have a you know high level of trust with the people that we work with, the communities in which we are based, and so I I certainly think we have a vital role to play. And I know, looking at Kings, we have the service strategy, which can seem like a kind of lofty document that that doesn't have practicalities. But in terms of climate change, there's there's some really vital things that we're definitely going to need to do. we know that London is one of the most unequal places um, in the world. Um, and so making sure that we twin the action on carbon reduction and climate change with tackling inequalities and injustice, I think is going to be really key. And, and I hope it's something that we as a university can can drive forward and continue to support.
0: And I think there are examples already of where King's has worked with kind of local councils and local communities not just in the kind of traditional sustainability sense, but also, you know, in some of the things you mentioned, like reducing inequality um, and service for the local community. Um, I know that there's quite a lot of active research at King's around air pollution as well and how they've worked with kind of local authorities to track air pollution and build open resource systems that people can use to see how, you know, toxic is my commute and that kind of thing
2: yeah and that, like the work that's being done in air quality I think is is really vital and I think it's like one of those interesting things that um that gets it, it allows people into to the, dis- the discussion because I think you know plastics is the classic one um and I guess it's because it's so striking and so sort of in your face and it so obviously is destructive but but air pollution is one that is affecting families right now and you know, seeing the research come out of Kings on Air Quality and seeing NGOs as well as like local community groups um and parent groups really push the agenda on it. You know, that 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 should be that that should be, I think, how we operate. We should be there to to support citizens when they want to challenge and push for a better world. And we shouldn't always be saying we're gonna go to government. You know, we've shown how by working with communities, that can be a lot more effective in many cases, uh, or as effective. So, yeah, certainly it's um, and and clearly London, it's a it's a big thing for London. So, yeah, it certainly should be on our agenda.
1: And I think it's uh, it's something that a lot of uh, people at Kings already are working for, and also in the Climate Action Network, where there are seven subgroups where people are working on on different tar- targeted issues. Um. At King's and also uh, locally in the in the community in London and, and in the UK and globally as well, um, where a lot of different issues are taken into account. And uh, it's truly intersectional as well. Um, so I was wondering if we could if we could continue here um, with COP26 at King's. So um, King's has a COP26 engagement fund. Uh, would you like to uh, talk a little bit more about that please
2: yeah so um so we have a cop 26 engagement fund which we managed to organize in part because many of the sort of funding small funding opportunities i say small it's quite a relatively large funding opportunity but um have not been uh often fund uh opportunities to travel and collaborate internationally Um, because of COVID-19 that hasn't been possible Um, and in relation to climate change that might be something we want to think about more long term but that has freed up funding to make us uh, has enabled us to design a special COP26 funding call and it will allow uh, researchers to actually fund impact and engagement around climate change and COP26 in the run-up to COP26 this year and so all of those grants that have been awarded are for projects from across Kings, um, which seek to engage the public, policymakers, or other key stakeholders um, ahead of COP26. Um, there's some really fascinating stuff. Um, many of it is connected to international partners uh, and collaborations. And I think it's a great example of actually showing the important role of comms and impact in climate change and sort of to reiterate really, you know, how important we think that is at this point um when we know that that the that action needs to be taken. And so we presented the evidence and action needs to be taken and and hopefully this this fund can help drive some of that action.
0: Thank you. Yeah, that's really interesting. Are you allowed to talk about any specific projects that have received funding or is that still under the radar or
2: well I think there's some really interesting stuff. So I could say some of those that, it's not a secret, some of those that have awarded it. So this Centre for Wildfires, the Levy Hume Centre for Wildfires, which is an incredible centre that looks at at wildfires, you'd be surprised to hear, um, <laughs> uh, and as a collaboration with our colleagues at Imperial. They're going to be working with colleagues in Australia to look mm-hmm. at bushfires and working with First Nations communities um, to explore uh, the impact, impacts of bushfires. Um, and that is a really fascinating piece of work, I think. Um, equally, we have colleagues in war studies looking at the security implications of climate change, something that I certainly hadn't really thought about deeply. Um, but it really yeah. mm-hmm. is interesting that it kind of opens up these kind of conversations. You know, I think one of the things that I found out was that the one of the biggest kind of mobilizers of 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 climate research was the was the US military so they were very keen to understand the impacts of climate change on how they would operate in the world um and so you know much of the kind of drive within the US military has actually been ongoing throughout many different changes of administration many of whom haven't been progressive or, or pushing for change on climate change, but within the, within the U.S. <laughs> <names>, not, but... <laughs> not naming names, <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, but within the U.S. military of all places, um, there's been a push to, to decarbonize, um, because they understand the science, um, first and foremost. Mm. So there's some really interesting projects and, um, it's going to be great to be able to share those in the coming weeks and months. And certainly I think it's good if people can watch out for those, um, And hopefully we can fund future projects uh, going forward.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a really interesting and diverse set of projects that King's is engaging with on an international scale. And I'm really excited to see what comes out of that. Yeah, definitely. In this final segment, keep listening to find out how you can get involved with COP26 and why it's so important to take action and make sure your voice is heard to shape climate policy. We'd like to kind of ask more about what can people at King's do to learn more about COP26 and maybe even get involved? I know that there's potentially a King's COP26 podcast in the running. Um, so, we, you know, we'd love to signpost people to that.
2: Yeah, so there's uh, there's certainly two ways that we're launching. At, uh, one that's, that's just launched, which is the COP26 and climate event series. So one of the things we realised is that Actually, we hadn't necessarily brought together all the kind of research events and events that are happening across King's on an event series. So for those that don't know that King's has a series, you can go on the King's events pages and look at the different series. is, um, And one of them now is COP26 and climate. So you can go and check that out and see all the events that are coming up. Um, I know the first events that are on there are from the Lao China Institute, looking at the ways in which china is looking to decarbonize and the challenges it will face and clearly china is going to play a really central role so there's some really interesting stuff on there and we're going to be adding stuff over the coming weeks um, and that's going to be full of really interesting debates discussions um events so i do urge people to go check that out We do have a podcast launching. Um, It's a collaboration (laughs) because the world needed another podcast is what we felt. Um, (laughs) There's just not enough out there. There's
0: just not enough. (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah. Uh, As one podcast interviewing another podcast, we need more podcasts. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yes, the podcast will be launching with Dr. Tamsin Edwards, um, as well as collaborators from the Australian National University, in Canberra, so oh, we're working with colleagues there. We're battling with time zones, but we're going to be bringing a special eight-episode podcast um, in the run-up to COP twenty-six. It is launching at the beginning of September, which is. I think, eight weeks before COP26, if I've done my maths really. And so we'll... Perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. we were able to do things correctly sometimes. Um, so it's going to be looking at everything from climate diplomacy to um, uh, the implications of climate change on the developing world to things like the Green New Deal. Um, and we're going to be exploring them through the prism of COP26. So we're going to have guests from across Kings. So again, it's going to be a real collaboration and also colleagues from anu as well as external guests so it's going to be really interesting and i definitely will share all the links with you so that anyone listening to this can can take a look um but yeah that's going to be really exciting and dr tamsin edwards as we know is a fantastic communicator so she will be a terrific host
1: Yeah that sounds really really good really interesting so so many things happening so i was wondering if we if we could just shortly um talk about that so if someone is is really keen on on getting actively involved uh, is there anything you would recommend um for that we have the we have the climate Ac- action network already at kings where everyone can get, in, get involved um but is there anything else you would recommend as well
2: yeah so i would to to promote uh, sustainability's own network but I'll I'll do it because uh, I don't have a vested interest but I I certainly would um, I certainly would urge anyone to join the climate action network um I think uh, so there are going to be lots of practical ways coming up and we're definitely going to be communicating that um But one of the things is I mentioned the event series and, you know, fingers crossed um, if COVID-19 can be kept at bay and if uh, vaccines continue to roll out at the speed they do, we will have some um, physical events in the autumn as well as teaching. And I think using that opportunity to go to some of these events or attend some of these events, even if they are online, to connect with people and to make those connections and to discuss your research uh, and your work. And I, I, you know, I think that's important to say to students as well, um, that when you are a student and it can be, certainly when I think back to being a student, I sort of didn't think of my own work as research. And I, you know, and I know take the undergraduate level, you're still learning, you're still developing your skills. But, you know, you do have a huge contribution to make to the actual debate and the discussion um you have an insight and understanding of things that is different to to those that have maybe been doing this for 20 years and so it's so vital that you do get involved and yeah and, and 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 speak to others and connect um we're always here to support and help in developing new networks and new ways of working so so i would say get involved go to events uh, get involved in those discussions um because i think it's a really exciting time and with cop26 being here in the uk we have a huge opportunity to make a real lasting difference uh to the climate debate and climate policy work
1: the work that students do can like is research essentially so i think that's also very um like such an in, uh, important uh, point to keep in mind that we can all contribute in our own way
2: and i think just i mean one final thing i'll just add is that when to 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 bring it full circle you know we started by talking about communications and ultimately it's storytelling and we know that (laughs) that's generation gen z um have new ways of telling those stories as every generation before have had new ways of telling stories and so it's actually gen z are the only people that can tell those stories because often they're the only people that understand how to use those platforms um And so, you know, seize that opportunity and seize that 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 um, that perspective that you have um, to tell those stories, because it's only by telling them that we that we make change. So, yeah, I look forward to hearing it.
1: Thank you so much uh, to James. I'm really excited to check out the event series and catch up on the COP26 podcast. We've put
0: links to these in the show notes, so please do take a look. I also really agree with James that student voices and perspectives are so important. Let's get engaged to contribute to climate policy and seize the opportunity to make our stories heard.
1: We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode and any other ways that you have taken action to get involved with COP26. So feel free to get in touch on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or contact the sustainability team via email. Woo!